five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Uh, the Ozark Mountain Daredevils right there with a little ooh, 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 Jackie Blue. Yes, Jackie Blue. Uh, I guess they made it to the yacht. I was, I was uh, searching not so diligently for a song to play this morning. And I thought, you know, I'll give it a try. And guess what? It's on the yacht. I didn't realize that the drummer was the singer for that tune. I don't know if he sang for uh, the rest of the Ozark Mountain Daredevil catalog, but um, he did on that track and he did a fine job. It was a good live rendition actually, because a lot of live band or a lot of bands when they do perform live like that, um, they don't really carry it off. And that was close to the studio version which I like, but different enough so that there are a few pieces there that keep me interested, unlike the Eagles. I'm sorry, I, I get down on the Eagles because, first of all, Don Henley's an asshole. And they, they actually hire people. Don Henley hires about 15 people to go through the internet and flag people for copyright violations. Like he employs those people. You cannot play the Eagles music on YouTube. Can't do it. I think Rick Beato has had two bands like get him for copyright violation. Of course, Rick Beato is like the king of YouTube music videos. And, um, He's, a, you know, he's like a, a music professor and an engineer. And he's based out of Atlanta, Georgia, and he does a really great job. He's like carved out a niche for himself. I really like a lot of his videos. He had a video with, uh, with Sting that was quite good. Some of you might know what I'm talking about. Pat Metheny video. They get down into the, into the technical side of the music, which I am not, like, I'm not into, like, I mean, I'm into it, but it's not my thing. It's like, I don't understand all the technical shit and going from, you know, this chord to this chord and this chord. And, you know, it's like, I'm much more intuitive in terms of my music appreciation. I'd like to look at it from musical context or social context, uh, cultural context. But, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Rick's like a gearhead for cars. 
then they get into like, oh, yeah, which cam did you use? Oh, yeah, I used this cam and this piston and used, you know, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's cool. It's like, it's granular. I, I respect that. But that's not where I come from with appreciation. It's not that I don't appreciate it. Appreciate it. I do. I have immense respect for it, actually, because it's something that is outside of my sphere of knowledge. And, you know, when I see that, it's like, man, that's cool. Like, I, I don't know that. I probably couldn't do that. So I respect that, right? Plain and simple. Um, but Don Hanley's an asshole. And that's one of the reasons why I don't like the Eagles. The other, again, just cemented into my brain is the time that I saw them high in mushrooms and I felt like I was just listening to a, a record on, on the phonograph as back in the day. It's like I could have been at home. That was the thing. And some people love that. Some people love to be at a concert where they hit everything note for note for note, just like they do in the record. I am not one of those people. Speaking of Sting, I saw him two nights in a row. I've told this story. Two nights in a row, back to back, actually back to front, because the first night I saw him, I was actually in the back of the stage. The only time I've ever seen a show from behind the stage, like a weird thing, because right? there, there weren't that many tickets when this person went to go buy the tickets. So I saw, so I, I went one night and I saw, okay, well, you know, good show. Good band, really good band. I think you saw Branford and Kenny in the band. Uh, I think Manu Kache had replaced Omar Hakim. And I don't know who his bass player was. Anyway, um, maybe he was playing bass at that time. Maybe he had a different guitar player. And then the next night, I saw the same show. He did the same fucking thing. The same fucking thing. Like song for song, same set list, did the same antics on stage, went to the back and did all this other, you know. Like there was one time when he turned his back to the stage on a certain song and like connected with the people behind the stage. Did that same song, same break, same night. There was another moment where he took off his shirt and it was the same song. And I was like, this, you know, this is, this is like the Eagles, except Kenny Kirkland and Branford Marcellus, two jazz players were fucking around with him. And he didn't like that. Like they could change things in the middle of the song that other, other musicians were like, oh. So the band would have to react to that. And then they would fuck around with him in between songs. When his little banter, Kenny would tinkle on the piano or keyboards. Anyway, welcome back. It's Monday. It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. It's my Monday here. I took a, uh, a day off yesterday, and uh, we're back in the saddle. Maybe I should play some Aerosmith. That is definitely not yacht. And I'm not even sure that the Ozark Mountain Daredevils are, but I love that song. And it, it's got, it's kind of yachty, right? And then I've mentioned them before when you. Go back and listen to their catalog. Nothing else sounds like that song. They sound like fucking hillbillies from the Ozarks. They do sound like the Ozark Mountain Daredevils. They sound like a band from the Ozarks would sound. Electric, electric washboard band. That's what I would call them. That's my Ozark Mountain Daredevils does a deal with the devil song. Here you go. Big hit just like you guys wanted. And that's it. Anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, it's good to be back. 
And uh, let me let me connect with the absolute best chat on the internet. Of course, we know who that is. It's Chattaria. We got Steve Thor at the door. Steve, I'll be sending you an email today with the appropriate links. There's my man Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? Michael Pafford in the house. There is Thomas Jordan. Uh, what's going on, TJ? Sony's here. Anybody see the helicopter footage of Van Hetch trying to get out? Yes, we we uh, we covered that, I believe, on was it Sunday night or Friday? I think it was Friday. Uh, let's see, who else do we have here? The firemen push her back in as they put her in. No, it's a pretty shocking scene, actually. Astrology plus plus. <laughs> I like that neo wise. That's good. Uh, happy Martian Day back. Hucklebuck 411, have you read about the connection between the death of Ann Hatch and Indiana Congresswoman Jackie Walorski? Well, we did talk about how Jackie Walorski also died in a car crash. There were a lot of car crashes going on that week. Anna Sophia is here. She loves the song. Uh, Cece is here. What's going on, Fran? Going to miss you in October, but it's good to see you here. Uh, let's see who else do we have. Queen Lisa, what's going on? What's happening, Queen Lisa? Maurice 100, yes, he saw that footage as well. Okay, I'm gonna do something that I normally don't do during this show, but I'm going to do it today because guess what? I have to do it. You know what that is? I need to, I'm gonna be really upfront and honest with you. I need to use the fucking restroom, how's that? So I got to put on another another track here, and I'll be back. What do I want to play? Uh, let's do this. All right. <laughs> so we're back, aren't we? Yes. Thank you for your patience there. Um, I think they do that in like legit radio land, or they used to. They would throw on a song and. The host would go do something, smoke a cigarette, whatever. The most famous story is from Larry King, where he was a late night host. I think it was somewhere in Florida, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Miami. And there was a woman who propositioned him on the request line. And she's like, come over right now. And she was like, I think, five minutes away from the station or something like that. So he put on a piece of music, I think it was around 25 minutes long or something, but as long as you could get back in the day. And he put it on and he drove over to this woman's house and uh, they got it on and he got back in time to finish, uh, well, to deal with the end of the record. I think that's the most famous break or infamous break in radio history. I don't think it's probably the only example of that, though, in my humble estimation. All right, um, let's see. Let's go back. Let's go back to the old chat here. Let's see what we're doing. All right, who else do we have? Um, poop alert, yes, indeed. You got that right. Dang, love the tunes, not ashamed to say. 
other than the James Taylor, Gordon Sumner, is the world's biggest dink. Yeah, Sting, Sting, although I will say this, Sting did come out against the jab eventually, but he was not on the front lines. I was late on purpose to miss the yacht. No offense, but I can't do this too much yacht. And yet Robert got me. Ha ha. Gotcha. You know what's funny about that song? Look at JMP Love singing. I'm glad Robert is taking Monday back. Yeah, me too, actually. So that's a funny song, right? It don't matter to me. If you really listen to the lyrics of the song, it's like he's basically saying, hey, look, no matter what happens, I'm always here for you. And there'll always be a door open, a place to stay, right? Like, it don't matter to me. Whoever I'm with, whatever is going on in my life, it don't matter to me. Just, just come back. It's okay. We may not be the same, but it don't matter to me. Well, it might matter to the person that you're with. Could you imagine how that play, that play out in real life? Like, all of a sudden, the old girlfriend shows up. David, I know it doesn't matter to you, so I don't have a place to stay right now. My, my boyfriend kicked me out, and I'm kind of in between places. Remember that song you wrote about me? Would you mind? Would you mind too much if I was able to stay with you? I mean, you did say that in the song. David Gates says, well, you know, I did say that. But David Gates' girlfriend is, get that bitch out of here. I don't want her in my fucking house. It matters to me. It matters to me if she's here. Tell her, tell her she can stay in the car in the driveway. I'll give her that much. That's how much she matters to me. The sentiment is great. The application in real life, maybe not so great. Maybe not so great. Uh, very underrated band. I do have that song on my Yacht Rock list, Deep Yacht, over on YouTube. Uh, play When the Levee Breaks. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. Um, who else do we have here? That's a great song, Neo Wise, but not Yacht. It is a great song. Just for the occasion, I know. It was the occasion. Definitely. Bread setting the standard for the 70s. Bread, bread was the 70s in a lot of ways. Bread, uh, let's see, Looking Glass, although Looking Glass only had one hit. Bread had a spate of hits, big hits. Guitar Man, I mean, come on now. And who really doesn't like bread? Everybody likes bread. I mean, think of the name too. Who doesn't like bread? Bread becomes toast. It's on a sandwich. It's got a, it's got a cousin called a bun, right? Everybody loves bread. It's a, it's a genius name, actually. Let's see. Look, even, even, even Cremo likes the tunes. I have my headphones off listening to David until it goes off. And there we are. Not that loud. Uh, DJs love Nights in White Satin. You know, that might have been it, Tondar. It gave them the, plenty of time to get high. I know the extended version of Nights in White Satin where they have like the spoken word and everything. I remember the first time I heard the long version as a kid. I think I was, I don't know, maybe 10 years old or something, listening to my radio in my room as I was going to sleep at night, 10 or 11. I'm like, what is this? 
wow, this is really cool. It's taking me somewhere. I don't know where it's taking me, but I like it. Uh, you're missing out on so much gravy. Look, Cremo has a sentimental side. Damn, Robert, that was quick. I knew exactly how long the tune was. I had to, uh, I had to. That's so gravy, man. True, real love. Not gravy, man. It's bread. So, so it would be the guitar, man. Five plus five, 15 plus five equals 25. Love guitar. Diary? Come on now. Bread is fucking classic. Now I want some gravy on bread. That is so funny. Almost all pop songs are based on pure dysfunction with more dysfunction. <laughs> right? It's like, let's double down. Let's double down on the broken heart. Let's just double down. You know, I was, I was actually listening to the lyrics to Haitian Divorce yesterday from Steely Dan. I mean, I, I, you know, I heard that song like so many times. Here's the thing with Steely Dan that's interesting. Their music is so good that you don't always pay attention to the lyrics. Like you'll say, oh, la, 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 right? When you listen to the lyrics, and I knew this already, but most Steely Dan songs are really dark. They're very, very dark. And Haitian divorce is, it's like got, got that jaunty little, you know, kind of island sound. Sounds good on a yacht, but it's basically about a couple who get married and they, they don't really have any spark anymore. So the woman says, you know, fuck you, I'm taking off. And she goes to, she goes to Haiti for a little time out. And she's feeling real good. And she goes to a club and she meets some Haitian dude. And then she comes back uh, and she has a kid and doesn't look like the dad, right? So that's the Haitian divorce. And it was really interesting because today I was actually reading uh, this very bizarre entry in, in, a, in a chat form about uh, Haitians in power, in voodoo, and how politicians align themselves with Haitians and use, use voodoo as a power tool. And that's exactly what was going on with the Clintons. I remember they'd go to Haiti, they would go to Haiti and hang out, and not just during the, the big hurricane, or I'm sorry, the earthquake that destroyed Haiti, um, but you know, prior to that, had the whole child trafficking thing. Like they can't go back there, but they were there to participate in ceremonies, and they were there to employ the Haitian priests and priestesses for power. Now, I've said this before, and I'm just going to reiterate it: that the movie The Devil's Advocate will tell you everything you need to know about what goes on behind the scenes. It, and it's, it's comprehensive. There's a part of the movie that's shot in Trump Tower, in Trump's department, by the way. Like, part of the movie takes place there. Also, you have, I've said it before, the Keanu Reeves character, Kevin, is a cipher of Bill and Hillary Clinton. This is exactly what that's about. And what does the devil do, right? Kevin's father, I'm sorry, I'm letting the cat out of the bag. Kevin's father, because this is what happened with Bill Clinton, 
He was fathered by a Rockefeller and basically watched from afar to see how he would evolve. And how do you think he gets to go to uh, get a, a, a Rhodes Scholarship in Oxford? It's daddy's influence. He got thrown out of Oxford, by the way. He was accused of rape in Oxford. No, I'm not talking about Oxford, Mississippi. I'm talking about Oxford in England. Uh, then there's that scene where Al Pacino, who is the head of the law firm, who is really Kevin or Keanu Reeves' father, who plays the devil, sends him to see Delroy Lindo, who is a voodoo priest. And he does a thing with the cow's tongue and nails through the cow's tongue and basically casts a spell on the opposing attorney that Kevin is going to go up against in court. And when it's his time to speak, he can't speak. It's like he has nails in his tongue. I'm just telling you that movie is pure show and tell. Pure show and tell. The other thing about that movie that, uh, that uh, they don't, well, it's explicit, but you have to pay attention. The Al Pacino character is not ostentatious. He moves amongst the people. He uses the subway, right? He is not somebody who stands out. That is another, that is another clue to power. The people that you see in power who have ostentatious power, they have some power, but they don't have as much power as you think. It's the people that you don't see. It's the people that look like everyday people that blend in. Those are the people with the real power, and they know it. It's exactly what Al Pacino is telling you in that, in that script. It's a brilliant, brilliant script. And the players in the movie, they're all like, you know, pretty compromised in their own right, in their own life. You have Jeffrey Jones, who plays one of the attorneys. Um, what's his name? Uh, Barzoom. Barzoom is his last name. By the way, Barzoom is another name for Mars in um, the Edgar Rice uh, Burroughs novel. Um, so yeah, Jeffrey Jones, he was caught not once but twice on charges of having child porn in his possession. Eddie Barzun. Uh, John Carter Mars is the movie and the sort of the pulp fanzine that it was drawn from. So you can see that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a tell right there. You have uh, Charlize Theron in the movie, who is an MK Ultra beta kitten. And if you look into her history, her and her mother killed her father. It was mostly her mother, but she was there to witness it. Killed her father in South Africa. Talk about traumatizing. And just look at the career path of Charlize Theron and what she's done. And, you know, adopting African kids, which is a whole other part of the, you know, the script. Keanu Reeves, when you look into Keanu Reeves' life with his father, Keanu Reeves is born, if I'm not mistaken, in Lebanon. There's like a really weird backstory with his father, who to this day is either still in jail or he died in jail. I haven't kept up with it. Keanu Reeves' father was in jail for most of Keanu Reeves' life. So he's got a very weird backstory. I mean, that whole movie is just littered with these characters. 
And then you have all the show and tell that's going on in the movie. So if you haven't seen The Devil's Advocate, I highly recommend it because it's, it's all in there. You got the voodoo, you got the Clintons, you've got Trump Tower, and then it all gets played out. All right, let's see what else we have here. Uh, let's see. Hilarious that the Jabs has more COVIDs in store for its fans. Who was it that was talking about this? I saw this yesterday. It was some, some medical wonk. He was, it's one of those, you know, these videos are becoming infamous now where they have one guy or woman, in some cases, one guy who says, oh yeah, go ahead. If you get the vaccine and you get the boosters, you're insured of not only not getting the virus, but also not passing it on. And then two years later, he's saying, well, we know that after four boosters, it doesn't really stop the spread and prevent the virus, and you'll get it. But two years ago, you were, you were all in, right? You were, you were pushing that real estate, and now, you're, now they're backtracking. And of course, we have uh, Rochelle Walensky, You know, for, for the not faint of heart, for the not faint of heart and who are not afraid to look at the material at hand, I'm sorry, but these are the facts. You cannot dispute the facts. Everybody involved in the production and the distribution of the vaccine, whether it's a CEO from one of the major pharmaceutical companies that got involved with the exception of maybe Woody Johnson. And I say, maybe or Johnson & Johnson in the Johnson & Johnson chat, including Rochelle Walensky. They're all Jewish. I'm sorry. That's just the way it goes. You know, you, you, I mean, the evidence is there. Am I saying that all Jewish people are bad? No, I'm not saying that. But when you look at something like that, it doesn't serve the cause very well, does it? Like if I was Jewish and I saw that and I was not into the jab and I was not into force inoculations, because there are, there are Jewish people, and I know some of them watch this show, and some of them are good friends of mine, and they're into alternative health. And I know that there are some that absolutely 100% made a stand on this and said, I'm not doing it. I'm not forcing people in my business to do this. And I respect them for that. But then you look at the other side of this thing, and you got to go, what the fuck is going on here with these people? And how, how in my heart can I support them? And do I need to revisit my relationship with this thing, this, this, this rubric, this belief, this culture, this tribe that I'm a part of? Anybody who is invested in the truth has to do that. Like if you are, I'll give you a flip side here. If you're a Republican, and you're on the right, and you are just pro-right, 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 and all of a sudden, you start to see shit that doesn't make sense. And it's like, well, you're, you're promoting this. Why are you promoting this? Or you're not speaking up against this theft that's going on with Ukraine and sending hundreds of billions of dollars every 30 days over there. Shouldn't that make you reconsider your relationship with the thing? 
What if you're a Democrat and you see like what's happened and you know, the Democratic Party used to be quote unquote the People's Party and the anti-war party. Do they stand for any of that now? No, they don't. They don't. So if you're invested in these things, if you're Catholic, here I'll give you the Catholic point of view. This is going to be the 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 the, the non-denominational big swipe so that one group doesn't feel like they're being targeted. If you're a Catholic and you look at the Pope, what the Pope stands for, if you're not questioning that on some level, you're not doing your due diligence. If you're a Christian, and I'm going to say this because, you know, theoretically, that's what I was baptized as, but I've, I've never been in the church. But if you're a Christian and you see, you know, LGBTQ plus people in your church who are fronting the church and they're supporting LGBTQ plus, we know where that plus is going. It's a map, minor attracted person. Can you support that? In all honesty, can you support that? Can you support the mutilation of young men and women who are being conned into promoting and accepting a trans identity and lifestyle? Because there are a number of churches inside of that denomination that do. So if you're a Christian, let's say you're Unitarian or something like that, you got to look at that. You got you to gotta, you gotta say, this is not really sitting well with me. And this is a hard thing for most humans to do, to divest themselves of the thing that they have invested hours and hours and hours of not just belief, but also, you know, man hours, helping out, supporting, right? And we're at a time where we have to do that. If you're going to be into this truth thing, it doesn't, doesn't have, no group has an exemption. So that's why, that's why I brought it up. I mean, if you're somebody who's a part of that group and you look at all these people who were invested in the production, the distribution, and the marketing of this shot, and clearly at a high level, they fit a profile. If you're part of that group, you need to question it. I'm sorry. Because you know who's on the yacht? People that are willing to look at difficult things in difficult ways and say, this doesn't work. And they will, they will check the truth box over the easy box. And the easy box, and most people, we had this discussion over the week. By the way, hit the yacht on Saturday. I'll have some pictures tomorrow. I haven't, I haven't put them together. But I got some good yacht pictures from the weekend. And again, thanks to Linda and her husband, Tim, for inviting us out. It was great. Um, but we had this discussion on Saturday and unfortunately and fortunately, like there's a good side and there's a bad side to loyalty. The good side to loyalty is that you're loyal, right? You're loyal. The bad side to loyalty is blind loyalty. And I've seen this with any number of groups. With the exception of one, generally. There's one group that's not entirely loyal. And that group that I'm talking about is mostly white liberal people who think that they are enlightened or woke. They're not very loyal. They're, they're not loyal. They'll, they'll, they'll sell anybody out. 
They'll sell themselves out. They'll sell their family out. I mean, think about it. Think about who is really pushing the jab. And I know some of you out there experience this. You've got relatives, you've got family members who are on that side of the line, right? And what did they do? They, how loyal today were you? You can't come over this year because you're not vaccinated. I'm sorry. You can't come over this year because you voted for Trump. There are other groups. They may have their differences, but are they really going to draw that line? Now, that, I, I will say this. There's always a caveat in Masters because I know some examples where that did happen, by the way. And, it talk, and I'm talking about the actual group that started this conversation that seemed to be the tip of the spear or the tip of the, tip of the needle with this. So when I, when I bring this subject up, right, my goal to bring it up is to wake people up, right? It is to wake people up. Because ultimately, we, we want as many people that are truth-centric. And I would say, you know, for the most part, God-loving, whatever that means to you, on the yacht. You're all welcome. You're all welcome on the yacht. But that's the caveat. That's, that's, your, that's your passport to the yacht. If you're there, you're on, right? And I understand the loyalty piece. I get it. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing, but it also has its downside. It definitely has its downside. All right, let's get into a few orders of business here. I know I didn't talk to everybody here. Let me see. Uh, let's see, who else do we have? Queen of the Black Pill, Big Soft Rock. I know, it's, it's an endearing Christine. You know what that is, Christine? That's self-awareness. That is self-awareness. You know, you get points for self-awareness. First of all, she knows she's the queen of the black pill. That's number one. Number two, she likes soft rock, and she's okay with the irony and the paradox. Ding, 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 ding. You get points for self-awareness. Love it. Uh, let's see. Thankfully, all my taste isn't in my mouth. Robin said, Robin works this out. He flexes by sending me things directly via direct uh, instant message. It's like, he's like, here, you got to listen to this. I'm like, okay, cool. Right. So he's working it out. We're kind of working this relationship out in the way. All right. Who else do we have? Uh, let's see. Who else do we have? Iron Butterfly Live album sounds amazing on vinyl. In a God of the Vita. Miss Nakia is here. What's going on, Miss Nakia? Stink. That's funny. Sting and stink. Movies are not always pure imagination. They present, they tell the present, present future truths many times. I would agree with you totally. Oh, Mr. Kia saw Stink on the first row. He can smell his B.O. He's British. Haitians love cats. They do. Let's see. Chad the Archie. Ostentatious power. Yeah, baby. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. The Devil's Advocate. Yes. Uh, promotes incest. 
Candy Charles Reeves, Beirut, Lebanon. Name means cool breeze over the mountains in Hawaii, born September 2nd, 1964, Beirut. So Keanu Reeves is going to be 60 years old. Does he look 60? I don't think so. Can you imagine getting six of those jabs? Insane. My ex-mother-in-law was completely shocked and mad when I told her they dropped the mandates and whatnot. There's a lot of buyer's remorse out there. They're going to be pissed. They're going to be fucking pissed. It's like they went through all these things, and now they, they you know, they're, they're dancing to... They're dancing to a different tune now. I don't know what they expected. What did they expect? I mean, ultimately, what did they expect? Did they expect everybody to be rounded up and uh, jacked up? Was, was that what they expected for the greater good? What was their expectations? At some point, it had to fucking end, right? And it ended a while ago. They're, they're just making it theoretically official now because guess what? All these cases are piling up. People are dropping like flies, and they happen. The VAERS data, remember the VAERS data? It's much lower than the actual statistics. And not only are they dropping like flies, but it is across the spectrum. Young people, babies stillborn. Babies being born with, guess what, blood clots. That's right, babies are born with blood clots. And they're having to have an arm amputated. I've read that, I've seen that actually. I haven't seen the amputation, but it's, it's a broad spectrum. Young people, teenagers, when I say young people, like children. Uh, Andrew Cuomo killed about 50,000 of your, your uh, grandparents living in New York as part of this deal, right? You, you had the dictator in Hawaii making an absolute hell on everybody in Hawaii. You go there, you had the fucking quarantine for two weeks, I think, or something, something outrageous, like maybe it was seven days in a hotel before you could step foot on Hawaiian soil. I mean, think of all the pain and the suffering that these people inflicted through this whole thing. And now, like, oh, yeah. just go ahead and yeah, make it an individual choice. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Shouldn't have been an individual choice the whole time. Shouldn't that have been promoted? It should have been, but it wasn't because all those companies wouldn't have made all that money. And there wouldn't have been a, uh, in, in my estimation, a directed genocide. And we're still gonna be dealing with this. Two, three, four, five years out from now, we're still gonna be dealing with this. The effects in many cases, I'm not saying in all cases, but the effects in many cases are irreversible. Tom Dar says, my mom was telling me about somebody that died, that died of suddenly. When I said it was the vax, she said, no, it was a heart attack. Oh, okay. They know they don't have to be logical. The masses won't notice and look, it's true. Gave up telling my mother the truth. She is not interested. That is so, I mean, this was the unfortunate, the fortunate and the unfortunate part around all this was that it was really the line in the sand. And you pretty much knew where people were at that point. 
It was like everybody was sort of smoked out. And, um, you know, much to my mother's credit, I've got to give her props. She did not get vaccinated. I mean, much, much to her credit. And her friends got vaccinated. You know, the people at her liberal church got vaccinated. She did not get vaccinated. Props to her. The fruit doesn't fall far from the tree, does it? My 93-year-old blind client just got her fourth booster. Now she's having heart issues. This is really, that's an interesting, all right. So JMP is an astrologer. Uh, she's an astrologer. Having a 93-year-old client, I've had some older clients, by the way. Having a 93-year-old client as an astrologer is an interesting uh, challenge, right? That's like, okay, how much time do you have left here? All right, what are we looking at the chart? Mm -hmm. I think we're really talking about where you're going. So let's look at it from that perspective. Generally, like, because astrology is an interesting thing. When you have a young client, you know, their, their world is like ahead of them, right? They got a big runway. Like you can, you can look at like, you know, life purpose and this and that. They got a bunch of transits down the line that are ahead of them. You know, Saturn return. Uranus opposition, Saturn opposition, you know, you know, the, there's the Chiron return, uh, Neptune, Pluto opposition, all these, all these transits, right, that are important. So you can talk about that stuff because there's runway there. The further down the line you get, the less runway there is. So the topic of conversation or what you're looking at in a chart vastly differs. It doesn't mean you can't have a client who's older. Trust me, I've had plenty of them. And some of them, one of them just moved from Portland to, uh, to Prescott, Arizona. God bless her heart. In her 80s. She's like, I'm out of here. Nobody, <laughs> I don't know too many 80-year-old women who undertake that big of a move that late in her li their lives to do that. And how did we arrive at that? Through astrology and through astrocartography. And the fact that Portland was becoming a very dangerous place for her. So I'm not saying that you can't have an older client. Far from me to say that. The topic of conversation becomes very different at that point. So hats off to you, JP, for doing that. Um, NeoI says, I was flabbergasted when folks followed the Morph story of the jabs. May not stop CV, but will reduce the symptoms and save death from the virus. Oh my, I know, right? It's like, yeah, let's just change the narrative. Let's just change the narrative. We know, we know it's not going to stop, but it'll lessen the symptoms and you're not going to croak. That was, oh, don't worry about it. It's magical. It's magical. It will change everything. All right, let's do a little business here. We got a little business to take care of. Let's uh, drop a little true hemp science because uh, of course it's a sponsor of the show and um, we have to give Chris some props here as always. Uh, this is one of the best things I've done was to uh, partner up with Chris. And I've, uh, and I've mentioned the, the value piece around it before. There's value all the way around. There's value for you who are listening, 
who tap into his CBD products, which again, I firmly believe are probably in the upper 5% of CBD products you're gonna run across. What separates Chris from other purveyors of CBD is the personal touch. You're literally gonna get Chris or one of his people in the office to talk about the various products. They know them inside out and they're able to guide you and direct you to what you need, whether it's inflammation, whether it's sleep, um, whether it's uh, even, uh, you know, he has a CBD that kind of perks you up a little bit too. Like there's a CBD in there that provides a little bit of clarity, right? There's that. There's CBD for your pets and there's other products that he has as well, including some fulvic acid, which is very effective. So you're going to get personal treatment when you deal with True Hemp Science. If you call them up and ask some questions, they take the time, they'll answer your questions, they'll guide you to the right product to use. They're not going to oversell you. That's not their job. Their job is to put together things that help you and meet your needs. That's one of the reasons I got involved because like I said, I've known Chris for a long time and he's always, as a friend and as somebody I've known, he's always gone the extra mile. Um, in fact, he's gotten the extra 60 miles. He came out here and drove out from Austin for my barbecue. And he just talked to people, spent a lot of time here at my place, had a lot of questions about CBD, and he spent a lot of time answering those questions. So if you spend $100 or more, guess what? You get some free product thrown in. And all you got to do, if you're listening on the radio side, go to truehemscience.com. You got the black backslash ref, R-E-F, backslash 23 truehipscience.com backslash rep backslash 23 and then once you check out you put 1515 m-i-n-s all capital letters you do that and you'll get that uh, free product running spend 150 dollars or more you get free shipping that's part of the deal and i love it because you know i'm watching as as a result of this I'm watching Chris's business grow. You guys have helped become a part of that. He's adding quality to your lives, right? And then as a result of that, since, you know, I'm an affiliate, you know, I get to benefit in that as well. I'm not, I'm not I don't, you know, I, there's a number of reasons why I do this. So when everybody's interests are met equally, right? This is how life theoretically should work. Everybody's interests are met equally. And when they do, look behind me, all boats rise. And that's what's happened. That's a, that is a big problem with our current system. Not everybody's boats, not everybody's needs are being met equally. In fact, the current model is we're going to meet the needs of a certain group of people excessively, over and above. Well, this other group of people, we're gonna make sure that their needs are not only met, but we're gonna make it extra difficult for them to have their needs met. Ever hear of an ESG score? That's what I'm talking about. That's not how life works. They may tell you that that's how life works. They may tell you that equity over equality is the wave of the future. I firmly, firmly do not believe in that. I'm, 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 a, I'm a true believer in equality. So, that's why I think it works. And this is why we're in a system that's fought. Because not all boats rise in the system. 
the boats of a very small group, they rise, right? And if they need to promote other groups in order to hold another group down, it's sort of like living in parallel realities. I was on Lake Austin on Saturday. It's fucking low because we haven't had any rain here. So those boats are not rising. Those boats are sinking. Go somewhere else, say, I don't know, maybe Chesapeake Bay or whatever, right? Well, there's lots of water there. Those boats are rising. So this is where we are right now in our reality. And there are people that literally can control the flow of the water. So not everybody's boat rises. What would happen if everybody's boat rose? They would, they would be in jeopardy. They wouldn't be able to maintain power and dominance over the whole system. That's how it works. That's why I promote Chris's business, because all boats rise. And if we have more of that, then we, we would just be much better off. Win, 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 win for everyone. Okay. Um, how's Lisa doing? Let's see how she's doing. What, what place is she in? It don't matter to me. No, it does matter to me what the place Lisa's in. Sorry, I said that song in my head. Uh, let's see what we have here. Let's go into... Let's go to the L.A. Bliss world. How's she doing? She's currently in first place with two days left. All right, let's do a quick little link here. Uh, this is openact.com backslash 2022 backslash L hyphen A uh, hyphen bliss, B-L-I-S-S, L-A bliss. You can go to opening act, the website, and you can throw down and uh, get her a vote. Two days, 11 hours left. Voting for group finalists ends through, ends Thursday, August 18th. Let's push Miss, uh, Miss Lisa across the finish line there. Show these people the power of the internet and Chataria. All right, uh, the topic of the day is uh, Ron DeSantis. A lot of people like to call him Ron DeSantos which I think is interesting to some degree. Uh, what's going on with Ron DeSantos? Well, let me give you what I think is my take on what's happening here with Ron. I'm gonna play you a video. of Mr. Ron, and this happened last night. So this gets into the, uh, the whole, this gets into the whole COVID narrative. This was at a turning point which is a big uh, Charlie Kirk thing, which, you know, I'm not into whatever. But uh, this is an important, here, let me just make sure I have the, I, I gotta make sure I have the right settings here before I do this, because I know a lot of times, okay, I'll, I'll click and I'll click this, because sometimes for whatever reason, 
the damn show goes silent when I do this, even though it's clicked in. All right, this is the topic of the show. So listen to what DeSantis has to say, and then we're going to address this on the back end. Okay, here we go. Let me do this. Put these on. We led the fight against vax mandates and vax passports. We were not going to let our state descend into some type of Faucian dystopia where people's freedoms were curtailed and their livelihoods were destroyed. No, we made sure that we protected people's rights. And you look what's happened around the country, how they've done things like force these shots on people in the military, in the private sector. In the state of Florida, we fought Biden on that. We called the special session of the legislature, and now it's Florida law that nobody has to choose between a job they need and a jab they don't want. And we were criticized for that at the time because they said that, oh, this is something CDC wants to mandate. And I'm like, what? I don't care. I'm going to do what's right. But now CDC even has changed their guidance. And they're saying no difference in treatment between a vax and unvax. And so my question is, if the CDC's finally come around to that, why is the military still kicking people out over the COVID shot? They need to bring back on active duty anybody who wants to be back. Anybody who lost their job because of Biden's private sector mandate needs to get their job back. And if you have, if you have taken this because of a mandate and you have been injured, you should be able to sue and get damages. All right, so that is a pretty bold proclamation. I want to take you to a certain point in that video I'm going to go back here, and you need to pay attention to, let's see what we have. It's not giving me, here we go, let's do this. Sorry, it's a Twitter video, and Twitter videos are notorious for not being able to reverse. Let me go back, hold on. Let me reload this. Give me one moment here. Dead air. Oh no. Voices on dead air. All right. So I'm going to replay it again and I'm going to stop at a certain point. We were not going to let our state descend into some type of Faucian dystopia where people's freedoms were curtailed and their livelihoods were destroyed. No, we made sure that we protected people's rights. And you look what's happened around the country, how they've done things like force these shots on people in the military, in the private sector. 
In the state of Florida, we fought Biden on that. We called the special session of the legislature, and now it's Florida law that nobody has to choose between a job they need and a jab they don't want. All right, right there. Look at what's behind him, Unite and Win rally. Now that was behind him the whole time, but we're just seeing that now. And who is the Unite and Win about? Is it about the party or is it about Ron DeSantis? Like let's unite around Ron DeSantis and win. So what is going on here? Well, Ron DeSantis is going like this and Trump is going like this, right? They're headed in different directions. Uh, apparently, a Trump CFO was just arrested. They're going after Rudy Giuliani. Uh, apparently, I don't have any actual proof to this, but apparently Jared Kushner uh, turned on Trump. I wouldn't be surprised if Jared Kushner was the person who said, oh yeah, Trump's got these documents or they're in his place. Because Jared Kushner's a snake. He should never have led Jared Kushner in the fucking White House. Right? So Ron DeSantis is being promoted. What do Trump and Ron DeSantis have in common? Well, they both live in Florida. That's number one. Number two, they are both deeply avowed supporters of Israel. That's number one. Number two is they're both deeply avowed supporters of Israel. There are numerous photos of Ron at the Wailing Wall. He's wearing the beanie and he's at the Wailing Wall. So is Trump. So is Greg Abbott. So is Obama. So is Biden. So is Bush. They all go there. They'll put the beanie on and then they go to the Whaley Wall. That is their sign that they are obedient to the Whaley Wall. You don't go to the Whaley Wall, you don't go to the Oval Office. This is the way it is. And Ron has been to the Whaley Wall. Not only that, but he opened the Tampa area. Now, Israel at one point in time, I think was part of AFRICOM. You know, they've got these different comms, CENTCOM, AFRICOM, right? So CENTCOM is like Central Europe. I think they have EUROCOM, I think they have EUROCOM. Anyway, COM is command. So the United States military has these different command groups that oversee these various, various regions. So Israel is part of CENTCOM. And what did they do? They basically gave Israel a base. Who knows how many people there are? I don't know. It could be two, it could be three. It could be a hundred. I don't know. But it made news, right? They now have a base in Tampa. And so they're there, right? Ron DeSantis has been uh, deeply involved in the promotion of Israeli interests inside the state of Florida. Now, Trump 
bent over backwards for Israel. He basically took the Syrian oil and gave it to Israel. That area of northern Syria, where there are still American troops stationed around there, who do you think is pumping that oil? Not the Syrians. If I'm not mistaken, it's Genie Petroleum. Although Genie may not still be in existence, it may have gone into another name, whatever. Right, but Trump did a lot of wonderful things for Israel. Thanks to his buddy Sheldon Adelson, who kicked out a lot of money to Trump's campaign. Trump finally listened to him and moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Thus recognizing that Jerusalem was not a neutral state. It was not shared by uh, Christians and uh, Jews and Muslims alike. By doing that, that's what I'm, Trump had a coin minted after him. It was a two, two cent shekel or something like that. And on the backside of the coin was, I think Cyrus the Great or Cyrus the Second, I forget which. So Trump was great for Israel. Big player there, right? Huge player. Pardoned a lot of, you know, hardened Israeli criminals. Not a lot, but a handful, including uh, Jonathan Pollard's spy handler who was, who was in jail. See, him, get out of jail free card. Are the Israelis done with Trump? That is the question. Is this what's going on? Are they done with Trump? Because now we're seeing Trump go through all of these issues, right? It's like his cover is being eradicated. Trump's support from a particular group is being eroded. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis's star is rising. That was a presidential speech. Make no mistake about that. He, that's how somebody who's running for president talks. Now, if I'm not mistaken, I think DeSantis is up for re-election in November, which he will win handily, I guarantee you. There's nobody that can challenge him right now in the state of Florida. And he was in a very hot and contested race against Andrew Gillum. And he beat him pretty handily. And then Gillum just imploded. He, he went into like all sorts of weird shit. I think crack and you know, the, the profile, crack, gay sex, all, you know, all this shit that for most people who theoretically have a morality look at and go, oh, I'm so glad I didn't vote for that guy. Look at him. And that all could be very true, right? But how did he get there? You know, did he get there because he was promised that he was going to win and he invested all of his ego in that and then when he didn't win, Everything, was, everything came tumbling down that he descended into a pit of depravity. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But DeSantis won and his star has been rising. Name me any other governor besides DeSantis whose star has risen so rapidly. You look at DeSantis, where did he go? He went to Yale. Now, I don't know if he was a member of Skull and Bones, there's no official record of that, but we know that that's where Skull and Bones is located. He's got a profile very much like 
George W. Bush. I think he played baseball at Yale, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So DeSantis has the credentials. He's got the bona fides. If I'm not mistaken, he's also a Jesuit, which, you know, puts him right in the camp. You know, Trump went to two Jesuit schools. He went to Fordham and he went to Penn U. The only other governor that has had as much screen time as DeSantis, although negatively, is Gavin Newsom, who is another Jesuit and went to Santa Clara University and running ads in Florida, also running ads in Texas, where he has been uh, kind of going after, quite possibly, his two main rivals here in the state of Texas or here in the United States, Ron DeSantis in Florida and Greg Abbott. Greg Abbott wants to be, he wants to run for president. I think Greg Abbott wants, he doesn't run, he rolls. Greg Abbott, Greg Abbott wants to roll for president. That's how Greg Abbott uh, got paralyzed. He got paralyzed by running. He had a tree branch fall on him while he was running, paralyzed him. So he wound up in a wheelchair. And Greg Abbott's another guy, right? And he still hasn't rescinded the state of emergency for the state of Texas. CDC say it's a personal choice. Abbott still hasn't rescinded it. You know why? Because in a state of emergency, he controls every single county in the state. Every single county. It's despotic. So if he rescinded the state of emergency, these counties could they say, hey, we're going to do what we want to do. In some cases, they can do it anyway. If the sheriffs back him up, it doesn't really matter. The sheriffs are uh, through the local law enforcement. You know what I saw yesterday? The sneakiest fucking cop car in town. It's like they got all this money. They got this money from the American Rescue Plan. And what did they buy? They bought new cop cars. What do they look like? Well, they don't look like cop cars. They look like white SUVs. They have nothing on the top. They've eliminated, they've eliminated the gumball, right? They've eliminated the thing that you can look at in your rear view mirror and go, oh shit, that looks like a cop back there. I better slow down. Uh, the, so what do they have now? They've got the lights that are embedded, the LED lights that are embedded in the windshield. They flick those on. So you can't really tell now from the distance. They have these white SUVs and then in very, very light kind of bone gray lettering, it says Fredericksburg Police on the side. Like you really have to like look at it. Oh my God, that's a cop. And then they have the little lights also on the bottom, the back bumper. So when they throw the lights on and you're behind them, you can see those little lights in behind. Right? Sneaky. So now every time you see a fucking white SUV, you're like, okay, is this a cop? How many white SUVs are out there? A lot. It's like a psyop. Every time you see a white SUV, you know, could be a cop. You think they know that? So pay attention 
The matrix is changing. The chariots of the matrix are being remade. Uh, pimp my ride. So Trump is uh, in deep shit. And a lot of people think that it has to do with Biden versus Trump and, and the deep state. And it's like, eh, I think basically what's happening is that the group, the group of people who partially, I'm not saying in total, but partially have backed Trump, they're done with them. We're done. And they're moving their resources, they're moving their screen time and have been into Ron DeSantis. Because Ron DeSantis is a less polarizing candidate. And Ron DeSantis may not have the uh, charisma of Trump. Ron DeSantis is a Virgo. Not the Virgos can't have charisma. I'm trying to think of a famous Virgo who has some charisma. Does Raquel Welch count? Um, but he doesn't have the Trump charisma, right? He's not Trumpian in that way. But what he lacks in the Trumpian charisma, he more than makes up for in track record, uh, being kind of, you know, unflappable. Like I wouldn't call Ron DeSantis a sexy candidate, but he's wide. I mean, look at him, he's wide. So when you see somebody who's wide, what do you, and they're not necessarily fat, but they're wide, what do you think? Well, they're solid, right? And he's not very big. Ron DeSantis is, I think, maybe 5'10". And there's a theory that presidential candidates who are taller get elected. This goes back to, I think, um, Taft. I think it's called the Taft theory. And that because of Taft's height, he was more electable than his, uh, his opponent. If you look back at the history, recent history of presidents, they're almost all six feet and higher. I think George Bush is six feet. Trump is big, he's like 6'3". Obama, I think is like 6'2". Um, Reagan was over six feet. Jimmy Carter was over six feet. I don't think Nixon was six feet. I think Nixon was maybe 5'10 or 5'11". So if you go back, Nixon was probably the shortest of the most elected presidents in recent memory. Clinton is over six feet. So there's kind of the six foot rule when it comes to presidents. And DeSantis is not, he's not six feet. Does that mean he can't be president? No, I don't think so. He could probably become president. If the right people and the right press and the right machine gets behind him, of course, that happens. They did it with Obama. And they even did it with Trump. You, you know, one of the things that you have to look at are the networks. And when you go back and watch those debates, Trump always had screen time. He always had his position close to the center. Because honestly, if you're a network and you're running this shit, Trump is good for ratings. Regardless of whether 
he's being promoted and marketed by the networks. From a business decision, why wouldn't you have Trump and feature him? He's good for fucking ratings. He had a TV show, right? He's bringing all these people who watch his TV show into the debate process. So of course they would give him screen time. Unlike somebody like Ron Paul, whom I've talked about before, who got no screen time. But he didn't serve their interests. And Ron, Ron Paul is not mediagenic. He talks about things that are probably something that people need to talk about, like the Federal Reserve, like less government, involvement in foreign wars and conflicts. Talked about all those things. See you, Ron. So I think what we're witnessing by and large is that the machine that helped Trump partially, not the entire machine, because I do think that there are other forces involved with getting Trump elected, not, not just the, like the APAC group or the Israeli group, because I do believe that they were very instrumental in helping Trump get elected. I mean, and they even burned some of their own people during that time, right? Like Debbie Wasserman Schultz, who I still believe is in Congress, if I'm not mistaken. Remember her? They burned her. She was Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. She had to leave because they, you know, they uncovered this scandal with her and the Awan brothers. And the Awan brothers basically getting, you know, all these laptops in Congress and fucking taking information off of them. And the Yawan brothers knew nothing, nothing about maintaining these laptops. They had to hire somebody, they had to hire this kid who actually knew what to do with the computers and didn't want to do it. That came out during the whole Trump thing. People don't, people don't remember that. So, you know, Debbie Wasserman Schultz was burned. She had to move off of Hillary's campaign. You think that that left a pockmark on Hillary's campaign? Absolutely, 100%. So now they're disassembling the machine around Trump and they're building the machine around DeSantis. I feel like this is a big part of what's going on. And how Trump deals with this, apparently they confiscated what, three of his passports? They took three of his passports. I think he had an American passport. If I'm not mistaken, he had an Israeli passport. I have to fact check on that. Speaking of fact check, tomorrow I'm gonna to be doing a simulcast with another uh, streamer called The Fact Checker. So we're gonna we're gonna do a live thing tomorrow with him being on here and me being on his channel simultaneously. That's gonna be kind of interesting because he streams live and he wanted me to be on a show. And I guess I could have been on a show on a Monday now since I'm not doing a Monday show, but I thought it might be fun to see if we could do like a, a crossover live stream. And we're gonna to try to attempt that for, we're, gonna, we're going to attempt that tomorrow. We gotta to, to work out a few bugs just to make sure that we can do it. So I'm gonna, Try that today. And if that doesn't work, then I'm just going to be on his show on a Monday because since I'm going to take Mondays off from now on, um, it would be better that way. 
So we'll try this. We'll see what it looks like today. And if it flies, then tomorrow we'll have a different kind of experience. And um, it'll be cool. And he comes out of the Giuseppe and Dave world, right? The, the Operation Scorpio, the perfect triangle world. So that I think it'll be, we'll have a lot to talk about. But this is the, this is the premise of today's show, which is, you know, Ron rising. Clearly, DeSantis's star is rising. Trump's star is descending. And is there a reason behind that? And if so, who was the reason and why? And I, and I think, to the best of my ability, I began, I've, I've at least broken the ice on this. And I'm talking about it in a way that maybe a day or two from now, you'll, you'll hear other people talk about it. Usually, well, that's what happens. I'm usually the head of the curve by at least a day to three days. And then you hear other people talk about it. I've noticed that. And it's not because they're watching my show. It's all floating around. It's all out there, right? All the pieces of the puzzle are kind of out there. And if you're uh, paying attention, it's not that hard. All right, I'm out of here. Uh, thanks for being here today. Always appreciate you. Uh, Chataria, you're the best. I think we might've reached maximum capacity with the event. I have to check the numbers but I'm betting that we're there. So I'm probably going to uh, take that uh, link down to sign up for the event. Because we reached our, I think, pretty sure we reached our numbers. If we haven't, uh, I have to go in and adjust the price today because it's gone up since midnight last night. All right, that's it. Use your head in order to discern what's real. Your heart to save what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Thank you for being here on the podcast side of things. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your support. And uh, this Friday, we'll see. Uh, reach out to Danny. She's uh, she's busy on Friday live. We might do pre-record. We'll see. We'll see who shows up on the Friday forecast. Until then, use your head in order to discern what's real your heart to stay open to what's possible. That's the biggest part. Keep your heart open to stay, stay open to what's possible. In the meantime, bye for now. We'll see you tomorrow.